Charles Quarles delves into the intricacies and profound significance of the letter to the Romans in the New Testament, presenting a comprehensive analysis that emphasizes its pivotal role in Christian theology and ecclesiastical history. Romans, penned by the Apostle Paul, is distinguished not only by its length, but also by the depth of its theological engagement, making it the most substantial of his 13 letters. The document's historical and religious importance is particularly accentuated by its influence on Martin Luther, who, upon studying Romans, arrived at the revolutionary conclusion that righteousness before God is achieved through faith alone. This insight became the bedrock of the Reformation, encapsulated in the rallying cry, Sola Fide, signifying salvation by faith alone. The authorship of Romans is firmly attributed to Paul, a point of consensus among scholars, despite the broader academic debates surrounding the authorship of his other letters. The contention that only the most radical critics dispute Paul's authorship of Romans signals the strong evidence supporting this claim. However, an interesting aspect of the letter's composition involves Tertius, identified in Romans 16.22 as the scribe. The nature of Tertius's contribution has sparked some debate. While theories have circulated that suggest Tertius might have played a significant role in the letter's composition, possibly elaborating on themes provided by Paul, Quarles leans towards a traditional understanding. He suggests that Paul likely dictated the letter to Tertius, maintaining control over its content and direction. This view is bolstered by the stylistic and thematic congruence of Romans with Paul's undisputed writings, where Tertius's involvement was absent. Quarles's examination of these aspects not only affirms the letter's doctrinal depth, but also stresses the authenticity of Paul's theological reflections in Romans, further cementing its crucial status in the canon of Christian scripture and thought. Also, the Epistle to the Romans, a cornerstone of the New Testament, is attributed to the Apostle Paul. His purpose for writing it, as inferred from Romans 15:25-29, was closely tied to his imminent journey to Jerusalem. This trip was not merely a pilgrimage, but a mission to deliver financial assistance collected from the Gentile Christian communities in Macedonia and Achaia. These funds were meant for the aid of impoverished believers residing in Jerusalem. Furthermore, Paul elucidated his broader evangelistic strategy, which included passing through Rome en route to Spain with the aim of spreading the gospel in regions unfamiliar with Christ's teachings, a plan that dovetails with the account of Paul's movements at the climax of his third missionary journey, documented in the Acts of the Apostles, Acts 19.21-2016. A critical examination of Acts 20, 3 reveals that Paul composed the epistle to the Romans during a three-month sojourn in Greece, an interlude in his journey from Macedonia to Jerusalem. While the exact location within Greece is not explicitly mentioned by Luke, the author of Acts, several pieces of evidence within the text of Romans point towards Corinth. This includes a commendation for Phoebe of Sencrea, a port near Corinth, Romans 16, and personal greetings from individuals like Gaius and Erastus, who were associated with Corinth, Romans 16.23. The historical context of Paul's stay in Corinth, corroborated by a reference to his encounter with Gallio, the proconsul of Achaia, Acts 18.12.17, provides a time frame for dating the letter. Gallio's proconsulship is historically anchored to July 51 to July 52 AD, allowing scholars to deduce that Romans was likely written around 56 or 57 AD. 
This period is substantiated by references within the letter that suggest Paul was cognizant of socio-political unrest in Rome, including issues like excessive taxation under Nero's reign, which began in AD 54. Moreover, this backdrop enriches our understanding of the text's composition and its significance within the early Christian community and the broader Roman world. In sum, the Epistle to the Romans stands not only as a theological treatise, but also as a document deeply embedded in the historical and socio-political realities of the one-saint-century Mediterranean world. Paul's insights into Christian doctrine are thus interwoven with his immediate experiences and missions, asserting the dynamic interplay between early Christian theology and the practical challenges facing the nascent church. Furthermore, Quarles's exploration into the motivations behind Paul's epistle to the Romans offers a nuanced understanding that transcends the view of the document as merely a theological abstraction. Quarles refutes the idea that Romans served as a general theological treatise, highlighting the absence of key Pauline doctrines such as the Lord's Supper and the Second Coming, doctrines central to his teachings in other letters. Instead, Quarles indicates the letter's specific relevance to the Roman congregation, notably through Paul's address of issues like God's wrath and the Jewish rejection of Jesus. Alongside the practical discussions concerning the disputes between the weak and the strong, and instructions on Christian conduct regarding secular authorities. Quarles identifies three pivotal reasons motivating Paul to write to the Romans, weaving together theological clarification, community reconciliation, and missionary strategizing. Firstly, Paul's endeavor to reaffirm the gospel's core truths and safeguard the Roman church from theological distortion and false teachings maintains his pastoral concern for doctrinal purity. This was crucial in light of misunderstandings and the potential infiltration of false teachers, as indicated in Romans 16, 17, 20. Secondly, the letter addressed the discord within the Roman church, primarily between Jewish and Gentile believers. Quarles elucidates Paul's efforts to bridge this divide, pointing out shared sinfulness and salvation by faith alone thereby reiterating the unity of all believers under the grace of God. This reconciliation was foundational for the church's unity and effectiveness. In addition, Quarles repeats Paul's strategic use of the letter as a means to introduce himself to the Roman community and enlist their support for his planned missionary journey to Spain. Acknowledging his completed work in the East, Paul envisioned Rome as a pivotal base for launching his westward mission, seeking both spiritual and material assistance from the Roman believers. Through these lenses, Quarles presents Romans as a complex interplay of theological instruction, ecclesial mediation, and missional foresight, mirroring the depth and breadth of Paul's apostolic vision and concerns for the early Christian communities. Further, Quarles's analytical examination of Paul's epistle to the Romans seeks to uncover the central theme that binds this complex and theologically dense letter. Across centuries, Theologians and scholars have debated the core message of Romans, often focusing on specific portions that seem to underline distinct aspects of Christian doctrine and Pauline theology. Initially, during the Reformation, the spotlight was on the early chapters, underscoring justification by faith as the quintessential theme. This perspective was grounded in the belief that faith in Christ alone was sufficient for salvation, a view that marked a significant departure from the prevailing religious teachings of the time. As scholarship evolved, later interpretations began to pivot towards other segments within Romans. The middle chapters, 6-8, 
emphasizing the believer's union with Christ and the transformative work of the Spirit, were argued to be central. This view focused on sanctification and the Christian life following justification. Conversely, yet another interpretation suggested that Romans 9.11, with its exploration of the intricate relationship between Jews and Gentiles within God's salvation plan, constituted the letter's heart. This perspective shed light on the historical and theological nuances of Paul's message. Besides, the concluding chapters, 12-15, were seen by some as key, accentuating practical theology and the call for unity and harmonious living among Jewish and Gentile believers within the Roman Church. Nonetheless, the contemporary scholarly consensus leans towards the righteousness of God as a theme that sufficiently encompasses the entirety of Romans. This theme, however, is multifaceted in its interpretation. Traditional Protestant views regard it as an imputed righteousness through faith in Christ, while Catholic interpretations see it as an infused righteousness that transforms. A widely accepted modern view perceives it as God's salvific power, resonating with Old Testament declarations of divine righteousness. Yet another perspective considers it an expression of God's inherent nature, demonstrated in both condemnation and the redemption process. Despite the richness of these interpretations, Quarles suggests that narrowing the theme to the righteousness of God may be limiting. He proposes that the gospel or the gospel of the righteousness of God more aptly serves as the comprehensive theme. This broader conceptualization aligns with the frequent appearance of gospel and its derivations within the text, particularly in the introduction and conclusion, and most notably when Paul introduces his theme in Romans 1 16, 17. This framing situates the gospel's unveiling of divine righteousness as the fulcrum around which the entire epistle revolves, asserting its significance not just in theological discourse, but in the lived experience of the faith community it addresses. Last but not least, Quarles's explication of Romans highlights the gospel's foundational role in declaring God's righteousness through faith, an echo from the Old Testament made manifest in Christ. Central to the message are themes of divine justice the universality of sin, and the transformative power of grace for both Jews and Gentiles. The epistle pivots on the assertion that Jesus Christ, through his resurrection, possesses the divine authority and power to save, establishing a new covenant that transcends the rigid boundaries of the Mosaic law. Paul's letter meticulously unfolds the doctrine of justification by faith, a concept not foreign but deeply entrenched in the scriptural tradition illustrated preeminently by Abraham's faith being counted as righteousness before the law was given. This establishes a precedence that salvation is granted by God's grace through faith, irrespective of ethnicity or adherence to the law, thereby dissolving grounds for boasting and indicating God's impartial judgment. Romans dwells on the human condition, portraying humanity ensnared in sin, a predicament from which the law offers no escape, but rather amplifies the need for a savior. Through Christ's obedience, contrasted with Adam's disobedience, God offers redemption and righteousness to all who believe. This salvation is more than juridical. It initiates a transformative process, reconciling believers to God, liberating them from sin's dominion, and empowering them to live in the Spirit, a life characterized by righteousness and holiness. The narrative then addresses Israel's role and future in God's redemptive plan, acknowledging their current unbelief, but anticipating their eventual restoration, thus illustrating the depths of God's mercy and sovereignty.
Paul concludes with practical exhortations for living out the implications of the gospel within the Christian community and the broader society. He advocates for a life of sacrificial service, an ethic of love that fulfills the law, respect for governing authorities, and a commitment to unity and mutual edification among believers, transcending cultural and theological divides. This vision of Christian life, rooted in the transformative power of the gospel, calls believers to reflect God's righteousness and mercy in every aspect of their lives. In conclusion, the Epistle to the Romans, analyzed in depth by Quarles, stands as a seminal text within New Testament literature, profoundly shaping Christian theology and ecclesiological thought. Quarles's exploration reveals the intricacies of Romans penned by Apostle Paul as not merely a letter but as a foundational theological discourse that has significantly influenced Christian doctrine notably impacting the Reformation through the concept of justification by faith alone, or solified. Also, Quarles confirms Pauline authorship of Romans, supported by scholarly consensus, despite debates on authorship surrounding other Pauline letters. The composition, facilitated by Tertius as scribe, is viewed through a lens that maintains Paul's directive control over the content, ensuring the letter's doctrinal purity and thematic consistency with his undisputed writings. Moreover, Set against the backdrop of Paul's missionary strategy and the socio-political tensions of Nero's Rome, Quarles illustrates the epistle's composition during a critical sojourn in Corinth, offering insights into the letter's historical context and its relevance to the early Christian community and broader Roman society. This setting points out Paul's intent to address doctrinal clarifications, community reconciliation, and to garner support for his missionary ventures. Furthermore, central to Quarles's analysis is the identification of the letter's overarching theme, the revelation of divine righteousness through the gospel, a theme that encapsulates the complexity of Paul's message beyond traditional interpretations that limit its focus. This broader theme aligns with Paul's efforts to navigate the challenges of Jewish and Gentile relations, affirming salvation by faith, and advancing a gospel-centric vision for Christian living. Lastly, Quarles's work positions Romans as a text of enduring significance, unraveling Paul's theological reflections on justification, the human condition of sin, and the transformative power of grace. Through this lens, Romans emerges not just as a doctrinal treatise, but as a vibrant guide for faith and practice within the Christian community, reflecting the dynamic interplay between early Christian theology and the practical realities of church life.